You're listening to a podcast from Victory. A true leader is someone who is willing to make personal sacrifice. Learn more in week one of Rise and Fall. We have an amazing series right now. And I think this series is a wonderful application. Now that we know we stand on, we're going to answer some really important questions with our series Rise and Fall. Particularly the most important question, no matter what, I mean, despite what Pastor Ryan has said, who will be our president is an important question. It's, it's right that we ask ourselves this. We ask God this. And I'm here to give you an answer to what a lot of you have been asking. Pastor, who does victory endorse? Who among these? I did these. An editorial caricature is the easiest way to show up presidential without highlighting one or the other. Okay? That's why they're just here. So, so who? Who is Victory's presidential candidate? You want to know? I am going to share with you today Victory's Electoral guidelines. Okay, not the electoral candidate. The apostolic team has put together guidelines for every pastor, staff, even members, to how we are to navigate this season of uh, electoral fervor and fury, sometimes fury. <laughs> Number one, everybody say involvement. Everyone, every member, every pastor, every staff is encouraged to be involved. All right, and whatever the process is, let me read for you kind of verbatim what our guidelines are. Including pastors and staff, we encourage them to get as involved in the political process as their schedule permits. We cannot be salt and light of the earth from the sidelines. We must get in the game and get involved. However, number two, this is something that Major will tickle us a bit. Endorsement. We will not allow any victory leader or member to use the pulpit, victory group, prayer meeting, or victory name to promote or endorse a specific candidate or political party. We will use the pulpit, victory group, and prayer meeting to give a biblical perspective to specific issues without, everybody say without. I pray I do this today without reference to any personality and party. But what we want to do is educating our members on how to choose, how to choose candidates wisely. We will also use the pulpit victory group and prayer meetings to inspire, train, and disciple future leaders who will one day run for office. Separation of church and state is another topic for another day. But we are here to be involved. All right, without endorsing anyone. Because some of you are thinking, oh, I don't want, now I won't know who you want, so I'm going to just go. Please stick with us. Please stick with us through this series. Our prayer is, it will guide us as we go on. Number three, just to show you how careful we really are in victory. We realize that with the advent of internet, with Facebook, we now have another platform, even a higher platform outside of the worship services. So this is our guide that we recognize that because of the advent of social media, pastors now have this platform to influence people beyond the pulpit. However, pastors are expected to exercise discretion with regard to supporting specific candidates, qualifying that it is a personal support 
and does not represent the church. Social media posts from pastors should include a qualifying statement that the political opinions presented therein are in no way reflective of the view and position of victory. Sounds serious. Because, like I said, these are serious questions. These are important questions. And we want to be very careful how we use God's platform. This is God's platform. It's not mine. Maybe not even victories. That's why we want to be careful how we use that. So are you, are you, do you appreciate that? That that's what that we're doing as a movement? Personally, all right? Politics was not something I was never comfortable with. My dad was like this. I grew up with my dad mostly. That's not really him. Although I wouldn't know because that's really how he looked to me as I grew up every morning at breakfast time. A newspaper to his face. And I would try to keep up, but mostly I think my sisters inherited his, you know, political fervor. And he wanted to be really involved and connected with what's going on in current events. And every time I would voice an opinion of whether a political candidate or an issue or economic issue, he would say, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't see you reading the newspaper. I don't see you getting caught up in current events, watching TV. And for me, I, me and my daddy issues kind of prevented me from getting connected with him that way. I'd rather I, I risk my relationship talking about Jesus, <laughs> not talking about uh, a candidate or whatnot. So I went the other way. Uh, I, I went the activist route. <laughs> Minsan just despite him. Oh, Minsan, this is true. I would have evenings and he'd be watching. That, that's not a political or activist group there. It's an organization in UP, but I just wanted to show the spirit of activism. I, I joined a much more, uh, we called it in our time, GD group. A grim and determined group. Kind of hardcore. Uh, po little group then. Opo, for those of you who know me, minsan po may panahon na nakipagsapalaran po sa mga kababayan natin. Ayun po sa mga pinagdadaanan ng ating bansa. Nuwaks! I'm not used to... Wait a minute, hold on. Let me wipe my nose a bit. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, and I, I was... I wanted to get connected this way. I wanted to be involved this way. I did... Nakibaka po ko ng konti. I, I made baka for a while. And... And there were evenings that where my dad would see me on TV on these, uh, not that one, that's just in the, in the school, but on the streets, and he would say, what's wrong with you guys? You don't know what you're talking about. Once again, politics, not comfortable with that. It would test me in our relationships. I love my dad, and, you know, before he passed away, uh, he got to meet Jesus, and he really reconciled a lot of things, including this. I have now been uh, convicted, obviously, I no longer carry those views. I realized that what I was doing was a reflection of my own rebellious heart. And Jesus fixed that in me. And I realized I can't be afraid. I can't be afraid to be involved. Even right now as I stand right here delivering this message, I cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid of giving a voice that God might want our country our countrymen to hear. So Jesus commands me now to be salt and light of the earth. And I can't do this without being involved. Although if you think about it, when you hear about all the discussions about, about the politics right now, the election, what I hear a lot is, you need the facts and figures. That's something my dad would say when it echoes even now. You need to know the facts. You need to know his platform. You know, if we come up with a, with a statement like, you know, I kind of like 
his or her face and like that and like, what or what people say no 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 you have to be knowing what he's saying during the interviews and now with internet it's all accessible right you can learn what he thinks what he said what she or he did he or did it she did and i hear a lot of people needing saying this is what we should base our candidates on but i've never heard anyone yet say what does the word of god say in these in these furious deliberations does anyone consult the word of god so i invite you in the next week to pursue this objective we'll have five weeks of the rise and fall we'll be studying the rise and fall of leaders documented in the bible it's a historical document their rise and how god used their rise and their fall so at the end, let's read this. At the end of our series, our people would have a picture of what? A leader worth following. And as a result, may we be inspired that we ourselves be leaders worth following. So why don't we just dive into the word right now? Um, as an experiment, I know most of us have our Bibles. If, if you don't have a Bible and you want one, please just raise your hand. Our ushers will follow you. But what I'd like to do now is kind of switch it a little bit. This is kind of important main text. So I decided to include it in the PowerPoint. Would that be okay? And I'd like you all to stand up. Kind of to engage with the word a little bit. Stand up and get our blood pumping as we read the word. This is a fable given to us by a man named Jotham. Maybe you don't know Jotham. You probably know his dad, Gideon. You know Gideon? Right? The original 300. So he was the last, at this point, he was the last surviving son of a coup. It was kind of a political coup as well that, that happened here. And this, this was uh, his story as a reaction to what happened. His brothers were massacred. And this was what he said. When it was told to Jatham that the, the people who killed his brother were gathering, people of Shashem, a town called Shashem, he went and stood on top of Mount Gerizim and cried aloud and said to them, Listen to me, you leaders of Shashem. That God may listen to you. And he doesn't make a political statement. He, he tells a story. This fable. He says, one day the trees once went out to anoint a king over them. Trees went out to anoint a king over them. They said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, shall I leave my abundance? By which gods and men are honored and go hold sway over the trees. So the trees and the trees said to the fig tree, they went to the fig tree, you come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, shall I leave my sweetness and my good fruit and go hold sway and rule over the trees. So they let them. the trees said to the vine, they went to the vine, you come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, Shall I leave my wine that cheers God and men and go hold sway over the trees? So what now? Then all the trees said to the bramble, It's kind of like a thorn bush. You come and reign over us. You, you come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, Well, if in good faith you are anointing me king over you, then come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, 
Let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Sobering thought, last note. Let that lead us into prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are a master designer of lives, of families, of communities, of nations. And I thank you that every road is under your sovereignty, your control, your rulership. Father, I just stand here before my brothers and sisters, desiring that you be glorified. Desiring that they hear from you. These are very complicated, maybe. Not easy waters to navigate this election season for the Philippines. But I pray we turn our hearts towards you, Lord, and you send your Holy Spirit to anoint the preaching of your word. I desperately depend on you, Holy Spirit. And may we hear from you. Maybe not who we should elect, but, but simply what kind of leaders you would like to place over us, your, your beloved. And may in the end be glorified, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, you may all sit down. If you like, please shake the hand of your seatmate. Kahit ibang party kayo or what. We are all one church here. Even if we have different candidates. Let's go into the word. I think this is, uh, it's very heavy, this story. Let me give you the context. What God is showing us through this very strange fable is that God uses leaders... Number one, because he has a purpose for the nation. He has a purpose for the people. Let me give you the context of this fable. The Israelites were now in the promised land of Canaan. You know what he did, right? The story of the Israelites coming from Egypt in slavery to the promised land is a story of God being able to use any kind of leader. Whether that king is wicked or that kingdom, sinful and depraved. Remember Moses? The Bible says when he was contending to, with Pharaoh to release the Israelites from captivity and slavery, the Bible said it was God who turned the heart of Pharaoh hard. Even after the many miracles and plagues that he had witnessed from Moses. It was God who did that. Huh. And as they continued from to the wilderness, and even with Joshua, the one who, the successor of Moses, God was involved in, in the many wars that Joshua had to contend when he got to the promised land. Huh. What was God doing? Is that stirring something, a question in your heart? Why was he allowing his people to go through such hardship? The story of Gideon. This is Moses, just to show you the picture of what was going on. That was Pharaoh. Look at him, heart of heart towards Moses. He had already seen what was go the miracles that God was doing through him. As he got into the promised land, we have the story of Gideon. And that's, that's 300, okay, the movie. But you all know that Gideon was the original 300, right? He had a, a, an army of thousands. And God kept saying, telling him, that's too much, that's too much, that's too, that's too much. Until he was left with only... 300 against hundreds of thousands. What was God doing? And we know that, that, that it was so that he could not boast about his numbers. That in the end, he knew that it was God and God alone 
who would bring a country, who would bring a people into the destiny that He alone prepared for them. But let's see curiously what happens to Gideon afterwards. So this is his story. And the story of Jotham and the fable happens because of this scene. They asked Gideon to rule over them. This is where your Bibles will come in handy. In Judges 8, 22 to 23. In Judges 8, the men of Israel said to Gideon, rule over us. You and your son and your grandson also. Remember, they have never had a king. They've had Moses as their leader, as their prophet. But God was ruling over them throughout this time until they reached this moment. Rule over us. You've saved us from the hand of the Midianites. And Gideon said to them, look at this. Here he is. He was the least of the least. Remember that? He was in the Benjamin tribe, the smallest tribe. And he was afraid when the angel of God said, you're the one I'm going to choose. He was hiding from the Midianites. He's trying to do his chores. But here they're giving him rulership. And what does he say? He says, Oh, I will not rule over you. And my son will not rule over you. Why? Because the Lord will rule over you. He didn't want to get in the way of the Lord. And you think that, wow, that's leadership. Huh? But he kind of fails because eventually he, the, all the earnings he had from his wars, he turned into an idol. And as soon as Gideon died, jumping to verse 33, as soon as Gideon died, when he died, the people of Israel turned again. And this is exactly the words. Turned again and whored after the Baals, the false gods, and made Baal Berith their god. And the people of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hand of all their enemies on every side. Every time that God put them in, in the midst of battle and trial, they forgot even that. And they did not show steadfast love even to the family of Gideon. His name at that time was Jerubaal, Gideon. In return for all the good that he had done to Israel. You know what happened to this amazing, amazing story of the 300? Gideon had an illegitimate son, a son with his concubine, named Abimelech. Everybody say Abimelech. Names are important. Abimelech wanted to rule. He was tired. I guess, of being treated like the son of a concubine. So he went to his mother's tribe in Sheshem. Everybody say Sheshem. And he convinced them, let me rule over you. Do you want all these? Because Gideon had like 70 sons. Wow, 70 sons. I I guess after war, uh, he settled in. So 70 sons. And would you just let me Rule over you then. And besides, I'm your brother. I'm your kinsman. I'm from you. So the Seshemites, they gave the money that was dedicated to their false gods and they made it like his uh, political campaign fund. He used it as funds. But what Abimelech did with the money is he hired wicked mercenaries that became, sort of became his his forces. They, They allied themselves with him eventually. And they killed All 70 sons. All the 70 brothers. And the way he even did it, if you can say, what was that word? Uh, Harsh. Abominable even. He killed every single one of them on one piece of stone. He treated them like sacrificial animals. Except one. Our man Jotham. The one who gave that fable. Why am I telling this to you? Because you would see 
that even for the nation that God had chosen, they would keep turning away from God. Even after this, after they got King Saul and King David and King Solomon and all the other kings, eventually God had to use a wicked king from, the, from Assyria because they weren't turning to him. And he had Assyria. The Bible says he caused Assyria to conquer Jerusalem and conquer all the Israelites. He even caused Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians years later to, to get the, and wipe out and, and take captive the, the remnant from Judah. Wow, God can use kings like those. Whether or not, God can use rulers, whether or not they're believers, to bring his people into the destiny that he wants. Why? What was the destiny he wanted? He wanted them for himself. He wanted a people and a nation that would bow down only to the name of the Lord. And their hearts would only be for him. That's why all the wicked kings, that's why all the trials, all the wars, all the battles. Because he fought every single battle for them. But would their hearts turn to him? The question now is, at this season, do you believe God has a purpose for our nation? I believe that with all my heart. That one day we will see a president who came from kids' church. Well, probably that, that'll make it 20 years from now. <laughs> Maybe sooner than that. Our, our, our films and our, our there'll, there'll be directors coming from our, from our church here. From the body of Christ. Followers of Jesus. You might, you won't be seeing Superman and Batman fighting. You'd be like, you'd be seeing like Christ winning victories in battles. You'd see, you won't be seeing billboards. You won't be seeing children who should be in school out on the streets. I believe God has a purpose for this nation. Do you believe with me that this will not happen for our country? That God has a mighty purpose for the country, for our nation. But guess what? He'll accomplish it. He has the power. He'll do that. But He'll use people to do that. God has a purpose for the nation, but God uses people for His plans. That's why who our next leader is a very important question. God uses leaders. And this is where we'll go back to what Jotham was talking about. Judges 9, 8 to 15. I know you stopped there. So you're, so you're probably still there in your Bibles. The trees once went out. Let's read that again. I mean, you can read that with yourselves in your own books. The trees once went out to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, remember the olive tree? Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, you know what, my oil? Let me just start to paraphrase here. Just my creative imagination. Shall I leave all, you know, the oil that comes from me? And you know what? This oil, it, 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 it's the one that anoints kings and royalty. Wow, you know, I'm a big deal. I have all this privilege. I, I don't want to, I want to give that up so I can serve you. So, what do they do? Then the trees go to the fig tree then. And the fig tree says, you know what? I'm, I'm so abundant. I'm so fruitful. Just as oil was what the, Jewish culture uses to anoint their kings. The fig tree is a symbol for them of prosperity. I have, I, I have everything I ever need. I'm so prosperous and fruitful. You want me to give that up to, 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 to serve you? To lead you? So who do they go to next? They go to the vine. Wow, some of you are, are, are still are paying attention. Huh? Vine. And the vine says, you know, my wine gives pleasure to God and men. We, I can do anything I want. I, can, I, I get satisfied with whatever I want to do. 
Nobody can tell me. So it's limit me. You want me to give that up for you? So who are they left with? The bramble, the thorn bush. And the thing with the bramble is, it's not that high. The bramble says, stay in my shade, right? I can, it's practically saying the symbol for that in the Jewish culture is, I can give you protection. You are, you will be okay with me. So stay with me. But the thing with the bramble is, any certain, only a little heat, a little spark, and it will be, it will fire up. That's why Moses wasn't surprised. If you go back to the account, Moses wasn't surprised that there was a burning bush. He was surprised why it wasn't burning up. Because this is common for brambles and thorn bushes. You'd think the trees would go, okay. (laughs) Oil, privilege and honor. Fruitfulness and prosperity. Satisfaction. The power to protect. These are all things leaders should have, right? And honestly, we looked at that. We look at, um, Micaiah. He has, he, his hands are blessed. He is fruitful. He's responsible. He can create wealth for the country. Or he's privileged. He's noble. He has the power to protect me. Those are honest questions, right? That's what we look for in a leader. In truth, it's really true that in God's eyes, a worthy leader, this story tells us, a worthy leader really does have to have much to give. Okay, if you take away, this is kind of my main point right right now. A worthy leader has to have much to give. The question is though, and God is telling us, that a worthy leader who has much to give must also be willing to give up much. None of the trees were willing. That's why they ended up with a bush. I wonder if even now, I guess when you're looking... Who is like that? I know that you're going to go through this series and you're going to think, Oi, okay, a worthy who is able to sacrifice much. I'm going to look for that in one of the candidates. I invite you, as you go through these five weeks of the rise and fall, you may not see all the qualities that God wants in one person. They have limitations. They're not perfect. But with this particular one, someone who has much but is willing to give up much, is there someone like that? I really would like to see that, that quality. Is there a leader like that? In fact, in anywhere, in a business, life is so hard. Once you get anything, you've worked hard for it. You want to give that up? But that's what this story is telling. Is there a leader like that? There is one. There is one. In the Bible. He is everywhere in the Bible, but I choose to use one of my favorite books. In John 1. If you're not there, just listen to this. This leader, who in the beginning was the one that created everything. This, this one was with God. This leader was God. I'm paraphrasing, of course. The Bible describes someone called the Word. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life. Talk about power to protect. And the life was the light of men. This light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's what John says. That's what that says. Talk about honor. Talk about power. Talk about abundance and the will to do just anything. The the authority to do whatever you want. This is of course none other than Jesus Christ. 
But later on in that passage, you know what it says there? It says that he came into the world. He came into the world that he created and nobody received him. There was no parade. There was no TV ad. There were no posters for him. No one recognized him. This is the leader who had honor, abundance, power, fruitfulness, prosperity. And he not only set some of those aside, he gave it up altogether. This is my leader. And Pastor Ryan was right in his prayer that no matter who our candidates may be, they will be our president. One of them will be our president, whether he was your candidate or not. But it's this one who leads me. And I will serve my president when that time comes because this one leads me. Is there a leader like that? We had a funny, I mentioned we'll be now, but let that sink in with you. Us pastors, on another note, just the other day, we had an exercise. We asked, round table, we asked one another, so just to be, just, just to see, just to know, who is your candidate? So each one of us told who our candidate was. And it was very surprising, very revelatory. Some of you suddenly started, your eyes suddenly started popping up. and like, oh, well, who's, your, who's your candidate? Some started with one candidate, and then in the middle of the campaign, they changed. And then me in particular, it's when I started reading this passage and reading the word that I changed my, for the third time who my candidate was. And it was surprising that Pastor Ariel, our senior pastor, his candidate... <laughs> Also changed. And it was really amazing to find out how divided we were. You see, God isn't going to write down the name of his candidate in the sky and says, this is the next president with angels. He's not going to tell the pastors, this is the one you should vote for. Even you, he's not going to do that. Or I don't know, I don't want to put God in a box. But you, we vote according to our conviction. But the amazing thing is that he's given us free will. Right? He's given us free will. And I really, I invite you that in this, once again, this, this series, stay with us. Exercise that will in studying what leadership is all about. How God is involved. Do you see how God is involved? It's people that he uses. It's leaders that, that countries need. The leaders who have much to give, but are willing to give up that much. But one of the exercises we were thinking of doing was to make people take a selfie of themselves during this message. Come on, if you want to take out, take a selfie. To answer the question of what kind of leader does this nation need? And if you take that selfie and send it to your friends, you can tag it and say, this is the leader the nation needs. Because God will use people, but most of all, he'll use his people. Not just the leaders. That's why God wants his people to take part in the process. So we've established that he has a purpose for this nation. And that he uses leaders, he uses people to accomplish that plan. But he wants his people to be part of the process. For some of you who are thinking, oh no, I didn't register. And oh no, I'm not going to be in the country then or, or whatnot. Or I'm not even a voter. That's fine. There are much more ways to be part of the process. God will place a leader for us. Is that sold out in your heart? That whoever wins, God allowed that. Either he permitted it or he chose it. Okay? 
That doesn't really sound very convincing. All right, I'll see. <laughs> God will place a leader for us, but he'll do it through us also. Whether you voted or not, whether you are quiet or not, he will use your silence or he will use your, your, your voice. He used Jethro for Moses. You remember Jethro? He wasn't even part of the tribe. Pero naging father-in-law ni Moses. So he used him to, to, to teach him about leadership. Moses eventually taught Joshua who led them into the promised land. Eli was a priest. He was a priest who taught a little boy named Samuel. Kids church. And this Samuel grew up to be the prophet who would anoint King David. Whose family line God would use to produce Jesus Christ himself. God uses people. He could use your voice. He could use your ideas and your thoughts. My only question is, would our thoughts be honorable? Would our thoughts be worthy and honor God? When we're on FB, responding, sometimes, honestly, I'm just reacting. Really? That's what you think? And I, <laughs> never mind. I'll start getting into it. Let me avoid that. <laughs> when we go back to the fable that Jotham gave, this is kind of his summary. Diba, a fable has, uh, you know, parang cartoon siya. It's like an animated film. It, wow, uh, trees are talking and stuff like that. This is when he says, he gives the actual message. So he gives the, the remember the thought about the bramble, the thorn bush, it'll consume you. He says this, Now therefore, if you acted, he's talking to the Sashemites, if you acted in good faith and integrity when you made Abimelech king, and if you dealt well with Jerubal, Gideon, this is Gideon, and his house, and have done to him as his deeds deserved. And of course, the father, his father, the son in him, he pauses and says, he recounts what his father did. My, my, for my father fought for you and risked his life and delivered you from the hands of the Midianites, the Midians. And you've, what did you do? You've risen up against my father's house this day and you've killed his sons. Seventy, seventy men on one stone. And you made this man. Abimelech. I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of us have that kind of discussion sometimes when we're discussing the elections. This man, the son of his female servant, king over the leaders of Sheshem, because he is your relative. Just because he's your relative? So he's going. And this is Jothram, okay? This is the story of Jothram. Please don't relate this to what's going on right now. I'm just hearing this story. If you then have acted in good faith and integrity when, with Gideon and his house this day, then, then Abimelech's fine. Rejoice in Abimelech. He'll be a good king. He'll be fine over you. You'll have a good time. Rejoice in him and, rejo- and let him rejoice in you. Well, look at 20. But if not, and remember the thorn bush, let fire come out from Abimelech and devour the leaders of Sheshem and Beth Milo. And let fire come out from the leaders of Sheshem and from Beth Milo and devour Abimelech. Who was he talking to? He was not talking to Abimelech and cursing Abimelech. He was talking to the citizens of Sheshem. He was talking to every member who supported this person or did not speak. Maybe they knew what he was planning to do but did not say anything. Nobody stood up against them. I don't know. I, if you've, have you ever heard from Ed Burke saying, the only way for evil to triumph is when good men do nothing. That's what Jothram was saying. That was what was in his heart. There was no one among Sashem who spoke up against Abimelech. 
They either blatantly supported the murder of Gideon's sons with money dedicated to false gods, or they turned a blind eye. So is this just all words? Kinners ni Jothram. He tells the story. Hopefully they got it. God's not like that. God is involved. God makes things happen. This is what happened afterwards. Judges 9.22 says, Abimelech ruled over Israel three years and God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the leaders of Seshem. And the leaders of Seshem dealt treacherously with Abimelech that the violence done to the 70 sons of Jerubbaal, Gideon, might come and their blood be laid on Abimelech, their brother, who killed them and on the men of Seshem who strengthened his hands to kill his brothers. It sounds really harsh, and it's, all the point is, God does, doesn't let it just be words. He's involved. But the amazing thing, that what I want us to really chew our hearts on, is that He allows us to be involved. He won't just force someone on you. Ever since the sacrifice of His Son, what He wants with us is a partnership. He's not just our Lord and King, but He's our Father. So He wants to hear His children speak. What do you want to happen to this country? Who do you want to be leading over us? Do you want to know my thoughts? He wants to hear you ask those questions. He wants to hear you after being shared by his, with his thoughts. He wants to hear you speak as well. If we were those trees, the ones that kept looking for the leader, honestly, oh, para, me, when I looked at those trees, wow, these are pretty entitled trees, huh? You know, give me your abundance, give me your prosperity, give me your, you know, that's, that's, they take and take and take. But honestly, I'm like that. I, when I look at my leaders, I just look at leaders, okay, you have to solve the problem. I don't have anything to do with that. That's why you're the leader. You fix it. You fix corruption. You fix crime. You fix poverty. And I realize I'm like that with God also. Sometimes. That I want Him to do it all. And then he'll come back at me and says, don't you want to do it with me? I want to do it with you. He can certainly do it on his own. He has the power, right? He's God. He's Lord. But he uses us. He lets us be part of that. That's amazing. That's amazing. What would it be like if we weren't like the trees? If we were a people so filled up by the power and grace and love of Jesus Christ that we would support whoever won. What would we be like if the citizens of the kingdom of heaven would become the responsible citizens of the Philippines as well? From the point of view of the candidates, man, I'd love to lead that country. Are you thinking, what kind of country would that be? Would you close your eyes? Picture that. Pastor Ryan asked us to do that. Would you picture what your country would be like? Just when you go out on the streets with God being the Lord. Like our 20 peso bill says, blessed is the nation whom our God is the Lord. Under his lordship, what would the country of the Philippines look like? Would the streets be clean? Would there be children on the streets without clothes? Would families have to make the tough decision of being separated for a season because there was no opportunities here? Or would there be opportunities for everyone? 
would it matter if I had a family background or if I had money if I needed to have an education? And is that in the hands of the presidential candidate? Or is it in the hands of our God through us? Teachers, engineers, businessmen, performers, artists, for Jesus Christ. I'd like, I'd like you to hear God saying, do you know what? I've given you much apart from the millions of people all over the country or even in this world, I've given you me. You have much. What are you willing to give? And before you start thinking, I have to do something. I have to go make a blog. I have to be involved. I have to do something. You know really what God wants, I think, for today? Would you open your eyes? There is one last electoral guideline that I didn't share with you a while ago. It was be involved, no endorsement, be discreet. But the last one is this, pray. Would you join me in praying? I'd like to ask you to stand up. That was a nice exercise, picturing a beautiful Philippines, no? Let's not stop. Go ahead. We can just keep closing our eyes. Picturing our children, picturing our schools, what kind of films we'll be watching in the cinema, what kind of opportunities we have, how there are less limits than there are possibilities Lord thank you <laughs> thank you that you love the Philippines none of us would have been saved if you didn't love Filipinos but thank you thank you for sending your missionaries here thank you for sharing your word with us that we don't have to look far to know what our, the greatest leader in all creation thinks about our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the model of leadership anywhere and at any time. And not only that, but you made it possible for us to become lead, a leader like you. Father, right now, I just speak to the spirit of smallness, what the Bible calls the spirit of timidity that has settled in here. The, the spirit of, well, I wouldn't say complacency, more of just settling in, just being satisfied. This is okay. This is enough for me. I speak to that spirit right now, and I ask you to, well, maybe command, I command that spirit right now in the name of Jesus to leave the people of God because we have been given not the spirit of timidity but the spirit of power 
Everybody say power. And the spirit of grace. Everybody say grace. And the spirit of discipline. Yes, the Bible says discipline. It says self-control and grace and love. We have that spirit now. Lord, would you open up right now? Right now, right now. Just possibilities. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where my brothers and sisters are at. In their careers, in their jobs, in their families. But would you open right now platforms and venues? That in this milieu of a lot of thoughts and a lot of people looking for something that's valid, a leader for the country. Would you bring forth your sons and daughters to share your voice and, and add it and, and set it apart from the other voices. That they will hear what are the thoughts of God for every Filipino. We lift up those dreams. That vision you gave us a while ago of what our, our country would look like. We lift it up to you, Lord. When that happens, and we declare that in the mighty name of Jesus. But Lord, don't let it be because I did something. Let it be simply because you did something through me. There are some of us, it didn't seem like a message that would lend itself to this kind of question, but I, I feel like there are some of us who want to change the country, who've invested a lot actually in letting their voice be heard and being part of the process. However, you felt tired, you felt hurt even and wounded by all this back and forth of all these discussions. And maybe now you're realizing, let me lead you. Maybe you're hearing God say that. Would you embrace right now the leader Jesus Christ who had it all but gave it all up? For some of us here, you've never made that decision and that's the first decision to make if you want things to change. To let Jesus Christ in. All my friends, would you start just praying under your under your breath speaking to God while I'm while I'm giving this question some of us here have not accepted Jesus Christ as their leader their lord and savior and you you've been trying to win this battle to change our country and to change our lives on your own and Jesus is asking would you do it with me let me in. If you want to make that decision and say, Jesus, you are the Lord. You are the Savior. At, it's very simple. At the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Yes. That's good. Just keep your eyes closed. It's really still between you and God. Raise that hand high. Nobody's looking at you. Only God. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. You're saying, Lord Jesus, my life is yours now. You're the only one I know now who can lead us all. We're all going to join you in this prayer. Would you join me, friends, for them? And say, Lord Jesus, thank you for accepting a sinner like me. I accept you 
as my Lord and Savior. I believe with all my heart you had a purpose not just for this country but for me that you died in my place that I may live the full life you have for me. I offer my life to you. And with all my might, I promise to follow you all my life. It's a weird note, still somber. And I know a lot of the messages are falling deep into your hearts. But I want us to see a picture once again that in this time when one sinner repents and gives their life to Jesus Christ, it's a celebration. It's not a striving. It's not an effort. It's not, wow, there's so much to do for the country. It's a celebration. It's Lord Jesus just advancing His kingdom. So could we give Him praise? Could we give Him praise and really just thank the few who came? Those of you who gave your life to Jesus today, who raised your hand and prayed that prayer, I'd like to invite you to please, just a couple of minutes, stay here in front. Because like with everyone else, that wasn't just a message, right? We're now going out, oh wow, something's going to happen. Are you expecting for the country? This, this, this party that we felt right now, it's happening. It's prepared for our country. And we raise our hands high. Lord, whatever you're going to do in our country now, do in me first. Do in my heart now. When I, when I go through this series and read your word, let me know what a leader is like. Let me know how I can be that leader as well. And we, we declare the glory that is going to happen to the Philippines to glorify you, Lord. May you take all that glory and all that praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Would you bless you, my brothers and sisters, my friends, with your face every single day of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to one of our podcasts. We hope it blesses and inspires you to honor God and make disciples. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app for free on the iTunes Store or Google Play. If you would like to share a story of God's faithfulness in your life, please visit victory.org.ph slash mystory.